morning and welcome to the Men's Leadership Network. We're glad you could join us this semester as we kick off our first of three Men's Leadership Network Thursday morning conversations. Uh, before we get started, I want to welcome all the satellite campuses, anybody that's watching us, joining us for, at the Cool Springs location at Bricks or in Nolensville at Highway 55. Good morning to you all. Good morning to everyone here locally. And then again, welcome to anybody watching us this morning or catching us on a podcast sometime in the future. We're glad you could join us. We're going to go for about 30 minutes with Brett, and then we're going to pause and take some questions. If you have questions for Brett this morning, you can, do, you can get those to me two ways. One, you can tweet them in. You can do that at our Twitter handle, which is at leadership underscore net, or you can email your questions in to questions at mensleadershipnetwork.com. Today we welcome to the MLN stage one of the greatest punters of, N of the NFL uh, history. Brett Kern is a 10-year veteran in the NFL, beginning his career in Denver before coming to play for the Titans in 2009. In the recent 2017 season, he had his best season yet, leading the NFL in punting average, 49.7 yards per punt, and the net average, 44.6 yards per punt. The net average ranked second in NFL history, and their gross average ranked eighth all-time in the NFL. His 2017 performance helped the Titans to their first playoff appearance and victory in nine seasons and earned him a well-deserved trip to his first Pro Bowl this past January. Kern broke his own franchise record, marks during the season, and now he owns the top six net putting seasons in franchise history and seems to be getting better every day. Brett and his wife Tiffany have three kids, Bryce, Anel, and Quinn, and when he's not on the football field, there's a good chance that he's watching the Masters tournament this afternoon or on the golf course working on his impressive plus one handicap. Please join me this morning in welcoming Tennessee Titans punter, Brett Kern. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, Brett, that's awesome. So glad you're with us today at Men's Leadership. It's exciting to have you. So, hey, tell us a little bit about your family, your career, just kind of from your perspective. Yeah, uh, just uh, three kids. There's never a dull moment at the house. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bryce is eight, uh, Anel's five, and Quinn is two, and uh, they're, they're a blast. And uh, met my wife uh, at an intramural softball game at the University of Toledo. Uh, she was in one of my classes, History of Jazz, which, you know, as a football player, kind of sounds like an, an easy class. Yeah. It's actually probably one of my more interesting classes that I took, uh, Toledo. Uh, and so I saw her in there, and I was just kind of shy to, to go introduce myself. And, uh, you know, and then a couple weeks later, uh, we needed a sub for our co-ed team, and um, she was the sub. So uh, we lived in the same apartment complex, went to the same church, uh, and uh, I, I knew right away, I think I bought a ring probably three months into, into dating. No so way. I knew she was the one, and uh, she's been uh, a huge support. Um, you know, she's a stay-at-home mom, and she, and she does awesome, and she loves on our kids so much, and uh, just very thankful for, uh, for how she uh, runs the home, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we do it as a team. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, my dad always told me when we, uh, when we got married, he said, you know, divorce, divorce isn't an option for you, and I, I don't want it to be an option for you, so uh, make, make this marriage the best you can make it. And uh, so, you know, we, we take the team approach, um, and we just, uh, there's, you know, we have hard times and good times, and, uh, but just uh, trying, to, trying to get better every day at it and, uh, get, you know, show an example to our kids yeah. uh, just what, what love is. And, yeah. And, uh, what love is uh, in a marriage and, um, you know, putting Christ first in the home. So uh, she's been a huge blessing. Kids are a blessing. Like I said, there's never a dull moment. You know, my son's got a baseball game tonight. And yeah. uh, so it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite a ride. You know, ten years going to my eleventh year and uh, my seventh head coach in eleven years, wow. and uh, you know, being cut in Denver was uh, was pretty tough. But I'm you know we can we can talk about that. But uh, it's it's been a huge blessing, and I just continue to learn uh, new things every year. Mm. That's awesome. I love that. Just bragging on your wife because. Oh, yeah, I'll brag on her all day. Praise so. God. <laughs> yeah, she's she's you know, special. So. It is. It's awesome. And marriage takes work, you know, and pouring into that relationship and helping that grow. And, yeah. and uh, just, man, we ought to be our wives' biggest fans and yeah. cheerleaders. And I love that about you, man. Tell me about your faith story. Like, when did Christ become Lord of your life and your faith journey? Yeah, so I grew up in the church. Uh, my dad uh, does FCA. Yeah. Uh, my mom taught precept and, you know, uh, women's stuff in the church. And uh, so I grew up a church kid, uh, went to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was six uh, at, at uh, Sunday school, uh, the teacher was like, do you want to go to heaven or hell? She explained both. And of course, at six, year old, six years old, I was petrified of hell. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I chose heaven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, but I didn't really understand the whole relationship aspect. So yeah. for me, my life was, it was good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really need Jesus. Um, I mm. guess you could say I, I just went to church. Uh, nothing was wrong. No. Um, you know, my parents. My parents had a great marriage. Uh, you know, we lived in a, in a, a nice house and went to a great school. Mm. Um, so I didn't really feel like I needed Jesus very mm-hmm. much. I didn't. There was really wasn't anything going on in my life. Um, so I just you know went to church every Sunday and kind of went about. Uh, living the, the church life. My dad was a deacon, so I knew I had to behave most of the time. Um, but uh, but when I really struggled was when, when I got to college. Um, you know, I didn't want to let my parents down. I didn't want to upset them uh, with anything. So I didn't, you know, go to party or, or, or anything like that. I was, I was pretty focused on sports, um, just, just trying to earn a scholarship in, in any type of sport, really, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, paying for college was going to be tough. Um, so when I got to college, I went to the University of Toledo. That was the first time I was on my own. Um, yeah. you know, I didn't have my parents around. I'm, I'm, I'm in a dorm room where, you know, you have the guy's side, and you just walk across the hallway, and there's the, you know, the female side, and it's just totally um, way out of kind of the bubble that I grew up in. So, uh, you know, being a punter on a, on a football team, I was a scrawny little freshman, uh, you know, going to get some of these guys. You know, we had a couple All-Americans uh, on the team, and... Uh, I just wanted to fit in. And so for me, that was, you know, going to party. And so I started drinking and, and really getting involved with, with alcohol. And, mm. um, you know, both my grandparents died of liver failure, so they were both alcoholics. And uh, so it really became a struggle for me, uh, uh, almost to the point of an addiction, um, you know, where I was filling up a Gatorade bottle uh, with, with vodka and, and just, just kind of drinking it just around the, around our apartment or I'd even take it to class and I uh, just felt like you know that that feeling I had when I was buzzed and all that kind of stuff I you know I was kind of a funny drunk so uh, you know I felt people would kind of want to, want to hang around me more or accept me more um, and so uh, this whole time I mean I wasn't I was kind of going to church just because I was I grew up in the church so I knew I had to I had to go to church on a Sunday it's just kind of what I did that's where I got my spiritual food, I guess you could say, but I was never in the Word throughout the week or, or anything like that or doing what I needed to do to, to further my relationship with Christ. And um, it was, I'm, I really can't even remember when, uh, exact date, but, uh, you know, I went to a party and I topped off a whole bottle of 
Southern Comfort by myself wow. uh, in a very short time frame and um, ended up having a rough night uh, on, the, uh, on the throne there and uh, just thrown up so hard that uh, it knocked out all the uh, blood vessels in my eyes. So I really I couldn't see for almost three days, which is kind of ironic that it was three days. Um, yeah. And so at that point, I was, I was just kind of at rock bottom with, with drinking and, and stuff like that, and I knew um, I knew I had to change, and so uh, that's kind of when my uh, my faith walk kind of took a 180, and um, I started. Um, my dad actually had a really good buddy uh, who was a pastor in Toledo, and so I started meeting with him once a week just for accountability and mentorship, mm. and um, just started getting in the Word a little bit more, um, just just to change my life, and you know, and then I met Tiffany yeah. uh, a couple months later, and so that really uh, helped out a lot, and. Um, but it probably wasn't until probably two, three years ago uh, where I really started taking my walk seriously, uh, where I felt like I had to be in the Word every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, when you're in the when you're in an NFL locker room, it's, there's so much pressure, there's so much temptation, and it's like are, there, there, there can't be any compromise. Like, you, you have to be sold out for Christ, and guys see that you're sold out for Christ because a lot of guys in there, if you say, hey, I'm sold out for Christ, and then you do... Uh, you know, A, B, and C, and they look at the holes in your relationship. Uh, and in <laughs> the locker room, <laughs> the conversations that you have in there, guys have no problem pointing out your flaws or anything like that. Or, wow. uh, you know, hey, you say you're a Christian, but you're, you know, why, why did you say you wanted to go to the strip club type stuff? So, mm. um, so at that point, really had to help hold myself accountable to, to take my relationship to the new level. And then, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get in the Word every day. Um, you know, my mentor here, Scott Lehman, uh, within his group golf, he was, he was, he was telling me, he's like, would you ever miss a tee time? You know, if you're going to play somewhere, would you ever miss a tee time? I said, well, no. He's like, well, then why would you miss your tee time with God, spending time in the Word? And, uh, you know, that kind of, that kind of hit me pretty hard, thinking that I would never miss a tee time for golf, but, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're like, ah, I just, I'm just not going to get in the Word. Or at night, uh, you know, I'm going to watch the Preds game instead of, of getting in the Word, and, uh, which is a very real temptation for me. <laughs> um, but uh, just to be able to, to get in that Word every day and then just to watch uh, my growth, uh, mm. just, just being able to get in the, like I said, in the Word and understanding uh, God's Word, is, it's awesome. Man, I love that. I love that. And, and it, it, just hearing your story, you know, I mean, Going to church, God was giving you that foundation, and you didn't really know that how much you were going to need Christ until yeah. man. That yeah, I mean, I hit I hit rock bottom. It was, to, I mean, uh, I be I, keep, I became dependent on alcohol. And, yeah. Uh, you know, my it's funny because my dad, uh, you you kind of talk about generational sin, and uh, my you know, my dad was a, an alcoholic, and he was uh, he played professional soccer, and uh, he was uh, on the U.S. squad, and. Um, they were playing Germany, and uh, he went out to go make a save. He was a goalie, and a guy from Germany slid in and cleaned up, hit his kneecap, and shattered his kneecap. And uh, he was in the hospital for three months, and the only people that came to, to see him were the guys that were believers, and that's how he accepted Christ. And uh, from that point on, he, he stopped drinking alcohol. And so it's just kind of one of those things that generationally, um, you know, if you're not careful to to monitor it or understand, you know, like what my dad struggled with or what my grandparents struggled with, uh, it can easily, uh, sin can easily entangle you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And look at that, now you're a dad, right? You know, raising, yeah, now I'm a dad, yeah. Raising right. kids, you know, and, and, uh, and then 
knowing the Lord and having that spiritual foundation for whatever comes, you know, man, praise God for people in your life like that mentor in Toledo, like Scott, who's poured into you, and Tiffany, your wife, and man, we need people around us. It's huge. I mean, you know, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen is iron sharpens <laughs> iron. iron, so one person sharpens another, and that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, something that I, that I try to live by to, to surround myself with people that, you know, are going to build me up and, and not you know, kind of send me in, in different directions uh, with different temptations that are out there. And, um, you know, I, I got a good group of guys on the team, you know, Ryan. And, and thankfully, I, it's pretty rare to have your kicker and your long snapper to be, to be believers. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's huge on road trips. There's a lot of uh, temptations for guys. And, um, but, you know, if you, if you got your group of guys that you can maybe go to dinner with or, you know, just hang out in the hotel with, um, it uh, makes it a lot easier. Oh, it makes it a ton easier. And I think guys, you know, we, we tend to fight battles ourselves. We pull right. in, you know, but we need guys around us, you know, who will yeah. stand with us. We're, I mean, we're not, meant to, we're not meant to live life alone. No. Um, you know, uh, men's groups or, yeah. or just being able to, to meet with somebody or a small group, uh, just to be able to share what we're going through. Um, it's, uh, it's huge. Yeah. And tell me about, you, you mentioned your long snapper, but that was pretty yeah. incredible too, you that's know? A, that's a great story. Uh, I'm glad you, you asked that. Uh, so with Scott, in his grip, you know, we do a retreat every year down in uh, uh, Sylacauga, Alabama, at Farm Links. And uh, when, when Bo first got to the Titans, he, he didn't golf at all. I said, look, if you're going to be in this, this group, this, this special teams group that you got, you got to be able to golf. So... Uh, he started golfing, and, and year by year, he, he got better and better, and it, it became, you know, something that he really wanted to do. And it's probably my fault that he's addicted now, <laughs> uh, which isn't probably a good thing, but uh, he, he loves it. And, um, and so one year, uh, it's amazing how the Lord works because, you know, we kind of had the guys set, and one guy, you know, bailed out, and he, he couldn't make it. And uh, I, I asked Scott, I said, hey, look, I think this would be a really good opportunity for Bo to go down, play some golf, but be around you know, a, a group of believers that he can see where you can have fun. It's, it's not necessarily going down to Broadway and mm-hmm. hanging out bars and all that kind of stuff as, as being fun, but, um, you know, that you can spend some time around men, yeah. play golf, talk about Jesus, and, and, and meet some guys that love Jesus. And uh, so Scott was like, hey, let, let, let's do it. And uh, so he, I think it was kind of eye-opening to him, you know, spend time and, uh, you know, not, maybe not necessarily having a beer on the course or, or anything like that he, that he's kind of used to. And, and uh, so on that drive home, he just started asking me questions. And I really don't remember much because the Holy Spirit, I was quoting scripture that I, I couldn't even recite to you now. Yeah. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me in a way that, uh, that Bo needed to hear. And so he accepted Christ on that, on that ride home. And that was the quickest, quickest three-hour drive I've ever had from, from Birmingham. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so then the following year, he came back down, and uh, he got baptized <laughs> on, the, uh, on the 17th hole in the, in the pond there, which, uh, was a, which was a great experience to be able to baptize him. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was like it is out this morning. <laughs> it was cold. cold. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was very refreshing, uh, refreshing morning. But uh, to be able to... Um, <laughs> it's just, but, uh, he's like my brother. Um, and you never know, you never know who you're impacting at work. Um, he, uh, I, I, I love him. And, and to see where he's come from, to where he is, and for him to get baptized, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, like I said, you never know who you're impacting at work. 
and just keep being a light and keep being, you know, the Lord talks about shining that light. You're not, you're not going to hide that light. You want to go into the darkness and shine that light. Yeah. Um, and so I just kept shining light on him. And uh, he just, he was like, I want it. I want, I want more of it. And uh, just, just keep being an example to him and uh, to see how, you know, our family works and to, and to be able to, to just show him an example of um, what it is to love Jesus. And, and uh, for him to get baptized is... Uh, unbelievable. So it was a great experience. Praise God, man. Yeah. Doesn't get any better, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, Brad, I appreciate that about you because, you know, for all of us, we have a platform, and whether it's, you know, the NFL or whether it's at our workplace or families, but to use that for the glory of God. And I think Mm -hmm. so often we don't think about it in those terms, right? We think about, man, I'm playing professional football or I'm doing this at work and, you know, having resources, but to really change our mindset and uh, I know I love how you do that. So, hey, being in the NFL, was that like a dream come true for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny because you've asked my wife, and when we first met, I, was, I went to school for geography and urban development, uh, which in 07 and 08 is not the best time to try to go develop neighborhoods. Yeah. So um, uh, she uh, uh, thought I was, you know, I was on the football team, but I don't think she thought that it was going to go to the NFL. And uh, I always wanted to play in the NFL, but realistically, I knew the, the percentage was yeah. extremely low. Uh, and growing up in, in Western New York, uh, you know, you get eight games, you get eight football games. I had one game on Friday Night Lights. Uh, you know, up there, it's basketball, hockey, and lacrosse, and football is just kind of secondary. So um, I, knew, I knew it was going to be a, a challenge, but I wasn't going to let that deter me from you know, trying my hardest and seeing how far I could go. So uh, it was always a dream of mine uh, to go and play in the NFL. Um, yeah, I grew up a, a Bills fan, and <laughs> losing four Super Bowls yeah. was pretty rough. Um, and then, uh, you, you know, the, the Music City Miracle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, I remember exactly where I was, you know, my, my cousin's house and, and watching that. Um, but uh, I just... I just kept working hard, uh, and the the Lord just kept opening up doors Mm. um, for me. And uh, I think, uh, you know, college was kind of a a struggle my first my first two years, and uh, you know, my priorities weren't right. Uh, Like I told you, what I was kind of invested in, and it wasn't things that were that were pleasing to the Lord. And so, um, when I when I made that 180, um, you know, things really started to change, and. Uh, just my mindset changed, my mental uh, mind frame uh, yeah. changed, my, my priorities, my outlook on, on things changed. Uh, and just the Lord gave me a peace that uh, he was like, you know what, you give this over to me, I, I got you. Um, mm. And so, and understanding that, hey, if I make it, great, let me, let me use this platform. And if I don't, that means the Lord has something else for me. Uh, so the ride was, it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, my senior year, I had a really, really good year. Uh, I got to go down to Orlando and um, experience the, the ESPN, the Ray Guy Award, and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's... Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, I didn't get invited to the Combine, which, which at the time was, I was really upset. I was like, this is, you know, I go to a smaller school. This is my chance to, to really uh, show these scouts and GMs and everybody what I could do. Uh, but little did I know, the Lord, he had something different. Because uh, everybody that year really struggled. So they all kind of went down the ladder, and I was the only guy that didn't go. So then all of a sudden, I became, hey, look, we didn't like any of these guys at the Combine. Uh, tell me about, you know, Brett Kern. You know, they were calling my agent and said, tell me about him. How come he didn't get invited? Can we work him out? So uh, that was just a, 
a time where I thought, uh, you know, uh, I, I should be invited to the combine, but the Lord's something different. And uh, so I didn't get drafted either. I thought I was going to get drafted. That, that uh, draft Sunday was the worst Sunday of my life. Uh, <laughs> it was, and that's back when the draft was, you know, you had the first round, I think, on Saturday night, and then everything else was Sunday. So it was literally, we went to church in the morning, then we came home and sat in front of a TV for six hours, uh, just waiting, hopefully that I would get uh, called. And uh, ended up, you know, not get a phone call until in the seventh round, and uh, it was the Denver Broncos, and they said, hey, look, uh, you know, our previous punter is in trouble. He punched a cab driver. <laughs> So uh, we need a punter. I was like, well, this would, this would be a great opportunity to, to try to get in. And a lot of it is, uh, you know, trying, especially for our position, there's only 32 of us. And really, how many guys, the turnover of punters in the league, I mean, you're looking at maybe two to three guys every year. So you have all these guys trying to get wow. these two or three spots. And um, I knew Denver was a, was a really good opportunity for me to, to try to get in. And uh, so I went out there. There was, there was three other punters. Uh, as well as myself and then two other guys. So there's three total. And uh, we just, you know, off-season program, and we, we punted almost every other day just charting, and it was, it was a grind. Uh, just, you know, trying to get that top spot and just jockeying back and forth. And finally, the last mini camp, special teams coach uh, comes up to us. We're all sitting at our lockers. We're all next to each other. He said, hey, look, we can only bring two punters to, to, to training camp. So we're going to have a 15-minute punt period. Whoever does the worst... We're gonna we're gonna let you go, wow. which as a 22 year old <laughs> uh, was was uh, was pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. So thankfully, um, I wanted to go first, but I ended up going last, which was which was probably a, a good thing at the time. Uh, and I, I actually had a really good a really good punt period. And uh, literally right after practice, one of the guys was walking on the field, and the guy was waiting for him, and handed him a trash bag and said, "You know, you're, you're being cut." So. Uh, it was a pretty crazy experience. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. And so now you go from that to the Pro Bowl. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. it's, I mean, uh, you know, and then in my rookie year was, was a whirlwind. I, I remember multiple times uh, sitting in my, my truck thinking, this is not, this is not worth it. Mm. Uh, just kind of the verbal abuse, um, you know, after a bad game or even not a, you know, not a good practice. Uh, it just was just something I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to, to go through. Uh, so there were multiple times sitting in my truck at six in the morning, borderline on tears, thinking, "I just this isn't worth it." Um, but uh, I wasn't I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to, you know, quit on it. Uh, I've come too far, worked too hard to just throw it away, uh, just because of some words. So uh, my rookie year was a grind, and then uh, my my wife and I had our uh, well, my wife had our first child. Um, after my rookie year. So we, I went into my second year, new coach, yeah. uh, new special teams coach. Uh, I know a lot of times when you get a new coach, uh, they, want their, they want their own people, people that they trust, uh, people that they're uh, used to. Um, so the special teams coach that they brought in, he didn't, I could tell he didn't want me just based on things that he said. Uh, so I knew it was gonna be a really, uh, really hard uphill battle uh, to try to get my, my job. So I beat, I beat the guy out fair and square. Uh, that was there, and uh, six weeks in, um, I was, they let me go. So Coach McDaniels brought me up, and he, uh, he just said, hey, look, we're just going to move in a different direction. He's like, I think you can play for a long time in the league, but we're going we're gonna to move, move on from you. 
And uh, that was extremely tough. Came down the stairs, and there was my big old plastic bag um, that I had to clean my locker out with. And I took everything. I took shoes. I took you name it. I took it because uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to play again. Yeah. And uh, to come home, our son was five weeks old. Wow. And to tell my wife, look, like we're not going to be in Denver, Denver anymore. There's a chance I might get picked up. I might not. Um, mm. So, uh, so that, was, that was a really, really hard thing to go through just because I thought, you know, I was playing well. Those first six games, I was off to a really good start. And uh, I thought I was going to be a Bronco for a long time. Uh, but the Lord, the Lord had other, other things. <laughs> and I wasn't, you know, um, I wasn't the best husband I could be. I wasn't the best father. Uh, I didn't get up at all with my, my wife to help her out when our son was crying, uh, which I regret now. Um, uh, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't really supporting her very much. Uh, and the Lord knew that uh, I needed a different place to shake up our marriage a little bit. And I know she was probably close to, to walking out. And mm. uh, she decided to, to stick through it. Um, the NFL's not easy. It was long days. It was, I was up at 6 a.m. I was home at 7 o'clock at night. And I just wanted to watch TV and go to bed. Mm. Uh, so I wasn't really there for her. And uh, like I said, the Lord knew I needed a change, and coming to Tennessee was probably the best thing for us. Um, as hard as it was, uh, the, Lord, the Lord knew where I was supposed to be and, and the, the community I was supposed to be in and what our marriage needed. And uh, it was funny that uh, I went out to go play golf just to kind of clear my mind And after I got cut, and I went to the course where you can go as a Bronco and, and play for free. <laughs> so I go in to check in. And I was like, hey, Tom, how you doing? I'm just going to go play 18 real quick. And uh, I started walking away, and he was like, hey, uh, it's 90 bucks. I said, well, I thought Broncos play free. And he's like, hey, did you get cut yesterday? I said, yeah, I did. He's like, well, you're technically not a Bronco anymore. <laughs> so I had to go, go pay for some golf. And uh, I got a call. I was, I was two under through four. I was excited, and I got a call on hole four saying that, hey, your flight leaves in two hours. You're, you're going to be a Titan. So... Uh, I was excited, but I was disappointed. I was off to a really good start. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it was worth it. So, um, so then the Lord, you know, kind of gave us a fresh start here in Tennessee. Wow. Praise God for that. Yeah. I mean, what, what have you learned? Because you've played for, what, did you say seven different head coaches? And yeah, uh, Coach Rabel is my seventh. Seventh different head coaches and special teams coach and teammates. Right. What have you learned about how to, how to be a Christ follower in the midst of, you know, different people coming in and different work situations and right. different teammates. What have you learned about that? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much change, whether it's roster turnover, coaches, whatever, um, that really you don't get a lot of time to make an impact on somebody. Right. So for the short amount of time that you have, um, I want people to know like, who Brett Kern is and what he's about. I want them, I want them to know that he loves Jesus. <laughs> he's faithful to his wife and to his family. Uh, and the punting thing, obviously, I, I want to be known for a good punter because that helps keep my job. But, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of secondary. I, I'd, I'd much rather make an impact on people. Um, if it's for a year, they're coaching for a year or two years or six months. Um, I, I just want people to know what I'm about mm. uh, and, and know that I have a relationship with Christ uh, so that if, they, if I go somewhere else or, or they go somewhere else, that they remember me for, uh, for that. That's awesome. Do you feel peer pressure anymore, like in the locker room, or have you kind of passed that I mean, now? There's, there's, always, there's always pressure. Yeah. Uh, honestly, now it's probably, um, you know, uh, the, the conversations that you can get into. Uh, you know, there's, you try to stay away from politics in the locker room. That can get a little interesting. The thing is, you, you got 90 guys, you know, upcoming here. We report on Monday. So you'll have 
roughly 90 guys come in, and all of them have a story, all of them have a different background, a different upbringing. Uh, I remember one of my teammates was telling me the only way he got on the football team, he, he was running from the cops, and he was running so fast, he always would outrun them, that the, the football coach was like, look, I gotta find this kid, we need to get him to the school. <laughs> wow. There you go. Uh, and, then, and then you have somebody like me, where my parents you know, were in ministry, I grew yeah. up, uh, you know, no issues in life. Yeah. Um, so you, you just have guys with, with a lot of different background. And so uh, the conversations, you know, the, the, the joking and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, it just trying not to, to get uh, entangled with some of that stuff because, uh, you know, your tongue's a very powerful oh, yeah. uh, uh, thing. And uh, it, can, it can really uh, affect um, the things that you say, affect how people view you. So mm-hmm. uh, I always try to, to stay cautious. And like I said, I, got, I mean, I got my group of guys, you know, that, you know, we're on road trips, we always eat at the same time, or we might go out to a restaurant or something like that. So uh, those aren't, you know, temptations anymore. Uh, and they never really were. I just, yeah. I, I knew like my marriage, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to get involved in any of that. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to go down that, that slope. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it can be a challenge, but I know, you know, when a guy comes up to me in the hot tub and he said, man, I just, I see like at training camp how you are with your wife and your kids, like, like I understand, like how do you not, how do you not like cheat on your wife? Like is it, like how's it not a struggle for you? And so wow. just to have conversations like that, mm. um, or a lot of times, you know, we have these big round tables like you got here and, um, you know, guys will be in and they'll be, you know, playing some cards and I'll just take my Bible, open up and I'll just start reading and, uh, you know, I might say jokes, uh, be like, hey, you okay taking that money right there? I mean, I got the word right here. Are you, you okay with that? You know, just <laughs> kind of jokes here and there. But, uh, you know, anyway, whether it's leading a Bible study or we got this thing, uh, it's called prayer in the shower before a game, and we're all fully clothed. We're all in our uniforms. Uh, it's just, for some reason, the shower is kind of like usually the biggest place where you can go and, and meet and you kind of gather up in a circle. And uh, I've been doing it for three, four years now. That's awesome. Uh, you just, you know, I, I read a scripture to the, to the guys, something that the Lord puts on my heart, and then I just pray. And, uh, you know, being able to do that uh, consistently every Sunday is, uh, I love doing it. Yeah. It's fun. And uh, to see all the guys uh, come and all different backgrounds and, and just knowing that they need that, they need that word. Yeah. Uh, it's a really cool opportunity, and it's a great uh, witness tool. Man, I love that. Hey, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, do are we to like football, golf, uh, life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life. 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 Uh, my dad's advice. Um, you know, my dad's been been huge. We, um, if if I could be like my dad to my son, that would be that'd be awesome. Um, he's just a good, humble man. I just remember waking up in the morning, knowing my dad is down in the basement in his office reading his word. Mm. Uh, so I'd go down there and just be like, hey, dad, what's up? And there he is. He's got the Bible open. Um, and just to have that, to have that example uh, is it's awesome. Um, and so he, he's given me advice, uh, you know, when I got married, uh, you know, like I said, you know, about divorce not being an option. And, mm-hmm. and I just want you to, uh, to love on your wife and, and to make it the best marriage that you can make it and to, to help her, to serve her, uh, and, and, and to, to be there for her. Um, you know, that's, some, that's some really good advice that, that he's given me, and he challenged me to, to get in the Word every day. Mm. Um, last year was the first time 
uh, I went through the, the reading through the Bible in a year plan, mm-hmm. and I was, I was adamant on doing it at a certain time um, at night, and my wife did it along with me, and so we were able to, to read through the Bible, and there were some times where I wanted to pull my hair out reading some of the Old Testament, but, uh, but being able to, to get in the Word every day was, um, it was life-changing. Uh, you know, talked about, you know, Joshua 1.8, how to meditate uh, on his word mm-hmm. and, and to have it, uh, the law on your lips. And it talks about the end, you'll be pr- prosperous. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not saying that's the reason why I made the Pro Bowl. I'm not saying because I was in the word every day, that's why I got there. Um, but I know it sure helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helped with my mental aspect because it's, it's a grind being, yeah. uh, you know, during a game, I might get four plays. Yeah. That's it. And if I have three good ones and one bad one, people are going to remember the bad one. <laughs> so uh, it's probably more mental than physical. And, um, and just being in the Word every day, having a peace about things and, and, and understanding what the, the Word says, uh, not letting what people say about me affect uh, how I think about myself because I know what the Word of the Lord says about how He feels about me, how He loves me, how He died for me. Um, and, and so that's... Uh, when my dad challenged me to do that, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give this a whirl. I'm going mm-hmm. to try to, to stick it out and do it. And it was, it was probably one of the most rewarding things I, I've done. Wow. Um, so, I, I mean, I've been giving good football advice more along the, line to, uh, along the lines of financially just, you know, saving and being smart. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to play football forever. So yeah. you got to save now so that you can, you know, take care of your family later. And uh, so that was, uh, Terrell Davis said that when I was out in my rookie year. Uh, they, they had uh, a lot of the vets come and speak to the rookies, and they try to help rookies out uh, in a lot of different areas because it is, it is such a whirlwind to go oh, from yeah. college football to all of a sudden you're in the pros. And I remember walking in the locker room, and it was Champ Bailey and John Lynch, who's now a, a GM. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just a complete, like, wow, I don't even feel like I belong here. But yeah. uh, it was, uh, it's, it's been quite a ride. Praise God. Well, as we look at that, I mean, you report Monday, the upcoming season. Yeah, and it goes quick. It goes quick, yeah. <laughs> and we're all going to be cheering for you, man. I mean, we're all Titans fans here. We're so excited and unveiled the new uniforms yesterday and everything. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. So how can we be praying for you? I mean, we'll be cheering you on on the field, but how can we be praying for you and for the team this year? Yeah, I mean, just to, just to continue to be a light mm-hmm. in, a, in a dark place. Um, and the NFL locker room, is, it's, a dark, it's a dark room. And a lot of guys need Jesus. And, uh, you know, if I can just keep uh, planting seeds and letting the Lord take a hold of those seeds and grow it, um, I, I'm down. So uh, uh, the Lord just uh, continue to use me, um, you know, whether it's prayer in the shower, just conversations, or leading Bible study. Uh, it's, um, it's an honor. It, it's a privilege to be able to, to be in that locker room and to represent Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep doing it for as long as, as long as he wants me to. And uh, so I just appreciate your prayers yeah. uh, and your support and just knowing that, uh, that there is somebody in that locker room, a couple of us in that locker room that, that love Jesus and, <laughs> and trying to make an impact for him. Man, I love that. So we'll be cheering for you and praying for you as well. Hey, what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy, um, I think I talked about it earlier, just, uh, you know, like with, with the turnover and the change and the coaching change, uh, I just want people to know uh, that I'm sold out for Jesus, mm. that I love Jesus, <laughs> love my wife, love my family. They're, they're a priority to me. Uh, Jesus is my number one priority, family, then football. Mm. Uh, football's down on the list. Uh, off season, it might be golf, then football. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I just want 
I want, when they say Brett Kern, man, that guy, that guy made an impact. He loved Jesus. I look at some of the other players that I played with. You know, Matt Hasselback was a guy that, mm-hmm. um, you know, he loved Jesus. He, he loves Jesus, but he, in the locker room, he, he made an impact on guys. And uh, so I want to be, to be known for, for making an impact for, for the kingdom. Man, I love that, brother. I love it. Well, hey, Brett, we got a couple of questions for you. Cool. Is that all right? Yes. All right. Yeah, we get, Thomas? We got some good ones that came in here. Oh, boy. Uh, first question, what has been the most effective way to share Christ with your teammates? Most effective way? Uh, honestly, probably, you know, doing that prayer in the shower. Um, you know, a lot of times guys will, will come up and say, hey, you know, where was, where was that verse at again? And then being able to kind of open up the word. Uh, a lot of it's just, you know, kind of one-on-one stuff in the locker room and um, you know, getting a question from guys here and there. Um, it, that's, been, that's been a really, that prayer in the shower has really opened up the door to a lot of conversation pieces uh, with players. So uh, just through that, being able to, to open up the word and, and guys and uh, being able to challenge them to, you know, maybe get in the word every day. Yeah. So. I love that because I think every one of us, you know, whether we're at our workplace, you know, or in our neighborhood or something, we have an opportunity to say, hey, Guys, we're going to gather up and pray, or guys, right. gather up and study the word, and and yeah. you know, I mean, if you're doing it in an NFL locker room, I mean, we can do it where we are, you know. Yeah. And even even the guys that don't go to prayer, I find that you know, guys that don't go to the prayer in the shower, uh, it, it's <laughs> you never know where you're going to have a conversation with a guy. Usually, it's a hot tub. The hot tub's a great conversation starter for a lot of guys. So I might be in there, you know, getting ready for practice, and somebody will come in, and it's like, hey. Uh, you know, I, I don't go to prayer in the shower. I don't go to Bible study, but uh, you know, I, I just, I, I just don't understand how somebody could die and then, you know, resurrection. Like I just, I mean, I don't understand that. And so then, all of a sudden, you're in the hot tub for ten minutes. You're feeling lightheaded because you know you've been in there too long. Yeah. But you're having this conversation about Jesus, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to, to talk about the Word. Crazy. I mean, I love that, right? You know, and. It's, that's our call, and, and yeah. I think guys just want to hear from other guys, you know. Yeah, it's not even like I'm going around each locker room handing out a track. Yeah, 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 like yeah, that, yeah. But if guys see me, you know, they're coming in from meetings, and I'm just at the table, I, I got the word open. Yeah. And they start associating, oh, okay, hey, man, what, what are you doing over there? I'm just, you know, I'm just looking for, you know, prayer in the shower on Sunday, just, yeah. you know, a couple of verses I might want to share. Oh, cool. Or, you know, I, I'll have Jesus calling out, hey, man, what's... Uh, what are you reading over there? Why don't you come on over and just take a peek? And all of a sudden they'll read it. Oh, that's good. Where'd you get that book at? And then, you know, the next thing you know, they might buy Jesus Calling. So uh, it's just, you know, like I said, being that light and just not being afraid to, to, to open up the word in front of guys or understanding, you know, and I get some backlash too. Like, man, that's, that stuff a bunch of crock. I understand how you can believe in that. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's foolish stuff. And, you know, you, you get some of that, but then, it's okay, okay. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. Let's sit down. You want to talk? Nah, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I just, I just don't believe in it. Okay, well, if you're ever ready, I'm, uh, you know where I'm at, so. That's great. That's great. Hey, um, got another question? Yeah, uh, Brett, this one, you spoke a little bit on this. I travel a lot for work. What are some disciplines that you've put in place to avoid temptations and continue your daily walk while you're on the road? Yeah, um, well, sometimes I know TV can be a temptation, uh, so uh, I know a couple guys uh, will just unplug the TV, mm. um, so you can't, you know, order anything or anything like that. Uh, and then um, first great. thing I do is I'll, you know, I unpack my bag and I just I just set my Bible out on the bed, so I just I know that it's there and that's just kind of uh, 
my accountable uh, piece that I have. Uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll FaceTime my family, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll try to FaceTime for, you know, a half hour or for as long as I can. Uh, and then, you know, if you're by yourself, uh, maybe maybe just the thought of going out is is a temptation. So you know maybe not, don't even go out. Um, but uh, I'm just very thankful for the group of guys that I have. Uh, you know we we have a set time of when we eat dinner, uh, whether we're going out or we're staying in the hotel to eat. Um, and we're just uh, we all kind of have the same mindset. Uh, you know believers and uh, just understanding that you know when we go on a road trip, it's not going to be uh, a, a temptation to, to do anything. Uh, there's yeah, I remember one road trip. There was, uh, I was going out with my agent, and uh, he was taking me out to dinner. And a big old party bus showed up, and uh, I said, "Man, what? You know, is there a birthday party?" And a bunch of guys gone on the bus, and found out that one of the players rented a strip club, and all the guys were going to the strip club. I was like, "Holy cow!" I mean, that's uh, that's you know, you just don't want to be a part of that. Right. So. Right. Wow. Yeah. And I think going in with that mindset of, I got to put some boundaries, you know, yeah. unplugging the TV, get your Bible. I mean, th- those simple things make a big difference. Make a huge difference. Yeah. And uh, I, I really, I thoroughly enjoy, um, you know, sometimes when I, when I go on the road trip, just, you know, I get, sometimes I'll get like an hour of just peace and quiet. Yeah. And I know my wife is jealous of that. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, to be able to just open up the word for an mm-hmm. hour. Um, a lot of times during the week, I, you know, I, to be able to sit down for an hour and have that peace and quiet, oh, yeah. it just doesn't, just doesn't happen. So uh, to, I almost cherish, sometimes even, you know, uh, home games will stay in a hotel too, and I'll just, I'll leave, you know, 15, 20 minutes early and, and be able just to get in the hotel and just spend a half hour, 45 minutes in the Word, uninterrupted, quiet. Sometimes I'll put some worship music on and uh, just to get my mind um, kind of reset, mm-hmm. uh, refocused, you know, kind of think about the week, some of the things I did well, some of the things I need to improve upon, and then obviously get ready for Sunday. So, Dude, I love it. Hey, we got one more question? Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, how much thought and energy do you give to what's next, and how do you seek God's guidance as you look towards the future? Oh, <laughs> what's next? Well, after getting axed uh, in Denver, uh, that became a big fear of mine, just mm. feeling like I wasn't performing well enough. Uh, thinking that if I had a bad game, that I was going to get cut. Because uh, that's pretty much what happened. I had five good games, and then the sixth game wasn't my best, and then I got cut. So I had this, this fear almost of, of uh, if, I, if I don't perform well, like the coach doesn't like me, maybe the GM doesn't like me, I, I'm going to get cut. Uh, so that's something that uh, was really a struggle for me for a while, really up until <laughs> last year, <laughs> my 10th year, I just said, you know what? Um, I'm just going to get in the Word every day, and I, I'm just going to be at peace with, with what happens. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the, the what's next, it's, it's um, I don't, you know, the scenario would always go through my mind, like, man, if I get cut again, like, am I going to have to move, take my kids out of school? Uh, you know, will I get another job? I've been out of college for five, six years now. Do I have to go back to school to try to get another job? And uh, a lot of that just just circles in your mind. It can really control your thoughts, and uh, I find myself having those types of days when I'm not in the Word, uh, mm. and I'm trying to figure out that day by mm. myself, by uh, you know, with really out God's help. And uh, the days where I start, uh, it, you know, in the Word in the morning, it's just it just gives me a fresh renewal mm-hmm. of uh, you know what this is what the Word of the Lord says. Uh, we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. You know, I'm not going to look in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, just take each day uh, as it comes and, and knowing that the Lord, uh, he has us and he can give us 
um, strength for the day. Mm -hmm. um, he can give us a, a fresh mindset of the day and, and just to kind of uh, to see things uh, through his eyes and, and, uh, and knowing that he, he loves us. I mean, he, he died for us and, uh, and he's going to take care of us and um, it's our responsibility to, to draw near to him uh, and to get in his word and, and, um, and, and just how that helps us out uh, daily is it's, it's huge. And so I've been really, as I was reading through the Bible every you know, day and, and understand that each day just became more of a weight lifted off my shoulders as far as what is next, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is next at this practice or, or this game upcoming, you know, this is a huge game. Like if I don't play well, what, you know, what's going to happen. And, um, and really just getting in the word, just help, just help me really let that go. Knowing mm -hmm. that the Lord, the Lord has us, he knows what's going to happen. He knows the future. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm, you know, at peace with that. Man, I love that. Brett, thank you, and thanks for Appreciate sharing your it. heart. You, man, just just such a challenge and encouragement to me too. And um, I want to pray for us right now. Let's Sounds great. Appreciate it. Oh, Father God, thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for Brett. I pray, Father, you just put your hand upon him, God. I pray for this upcoming season, Lord. That God, that he just does his best, Father, not just on the field, but Father, living his life for you. And I pray that he would be a light, God, in the locker room. I pray for the new coaches and pray for all the new teammates. And God, that he would just. Um, just be able to share Christ. And I pray for all of us. I pray that we'd be men after your heart. I pray, Father, that we would follow you all the days of our lives. And, and God, I just think about Joshua 1.9. He mentioned Joshua 1.8. But God, that we would be strong and courageous and not be terrified, not be discouraged. For the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. And so, Father, we want to go forward in you. And we love you, Jesus. Thank you for this morning. And then we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you so much, Brett. That was great. Uh, hey, guys, as we close, I want to remind you of two things. The first is all of these podcasts, there's about 50 now over the last couple of years, are available and can be emailed and accessed on the website. It's mensleadershipnetwork.com. Uh, also, there'll be a rewind email that'll go out this afternoon. If you want to get on that distribution list and you're not, you can get on it two ways. One, there's cards on your table. Uh, and then second, you can go to mensleadershipnetwork.com and you can simply sign up to be on the distribution list. Every week when we have one of these uh, conversations, you'll get the rewind email linked to the uh, morning's interview that is easy to send on or access yourself. Hey, next week, uh, we're going to get going again at 645. We'll start at 655. We're going to welcome our special guest, Amy Alexander. Amy's the co-founder and executive director of the Refuge Center here in Franklin. It's a counseling center. Uh, and Amy speaks regularly on the topic of organizational culture, and her expertise and insight is relevant to us today in light of the recent Me Too movement. So what we're going to talk about, in part, is um, some ways that we as men can set some healthy boundaries uh, with female colleagues or interactions in our workplace or in public places, et cetera. So uh, that'll be really interesting. I hope you can join us. We'll get started with breakfast at 645, and then our conversation and interview will start promptly at 7 o'clock. Thank you.